Welcome to the Light Plus podcast from Lighthouse. In this series, we'll be talking to artists and curators behind Alternate Realities, an exhibition at Lighthouse for Brighton Digital Festival 2018, touring from Sheffield Dockfest. I'm Ali, and I'll be your host for this episode. Today, we're talking to John Paul Marin, who is the manager of Digital Creative Labs in Sydney, Australia, about the fantastic installation Belongings. We talk about the role of technology and art in politics and how artworks inspire new ones. So welcome John Paul Marin. Uh, thank you very much for joining us for our podcast for Alternate Realities. Uh, John Paul Marin created Belongings uh, in collaboration with a number of people. It's an extraordinary work um, and it was probably the standout work for me at um, Alternate Realities in Sheffield. The, um, the projection was staggeringly good. It was the first thing that we saw when we entered the room and it really drew me in as an audience member. Um, I loved the sort of the use of my own phone, an object that is very much part of my life and an extension of my own body and um, the characters' stories were so intimate and that combination of technology and um, emotional um, connections to objects was really powerful so thank you so much for agreeing to be part of our program it's really important to us and I just wanted to ask you John Paul to introduce yourself where are you calling from today? Uh, uh, thank you Ali um, so I'm calling from from Sydney uh, Australia um, and thank you for that wonderful introduction um, so yeah I'm I, I head up the digital creative labs at SBS television here in Sydney um, and yeah, we, as you said, collaborated with uh, a bunch of wonderful people to, to bring you belongings, um, which we're awfully proud of. And, um, and in particular, very, very happy that it's going to make its way to the lighthouse as well. Um, I just wanted to ask you about the partners that you're working with. Um, you and Matt Smith were creative producers for Belongings. Have you worked together before? We, we have. So Matt and I, um, have been working, um, in a, at SBS for, oh, I mean, I've been there for, for 15 years and, and Matt has been working with us for almost, almost 10 years. Um, so, so Matt, Matt is actually the, I mean, his, his role is the creative director. Um, and, um, if it, if it wasn't, and he, he I'm not sure that he'd appreciate, appreciate me saying this, but if he, um, if he wasn't a tad shy, he'd, he'd probably be on this call with us. Um, <laughs> but, um, I, I've been given, I've been entrusted to speak on his behalf and I, I hope yeah. I, I, I do, um, I do it justice. Um, so that's right. Matt and I have been, have been working together at SPS for, for, for a number of years. Um, and this project, also included another very important role, which was um, a, a guy got by the by the name of Patrick Abood, um, mm-hmm. who we brought on as as um, a co-creative director to, to some extent, and also as the the director of the actual interviews um, of those finished video pieces that you see on the presentation. Um, so I suppose the the three of us were the the kind of the core of the the the, the team that that came up with the concept and um, and you know and the execution I suppose. Mm. And it's a partnership with Google. So can you tell us how you came about that partnership? Yeah. So um, 
Okay, so SBS has an existing relationship with the Biennale of Sydney. Um, right. This piece featured, uh, it debuted at the at the Biennale of Sydney. Um, it, so it's a it's a Biennale that's on every every couple of years um, mm. on an Cockatoo Island, a, a beautiful island on on Sydney Harbour, um, and it just so happened that um, on the board of the Biennale sits um, a. a, a beautiful woman called T. Uglow, who is the creative director of Google's Creative Lab. Um, and so it was just one of those um, chance sort of coincidence um, type situations where we all found ourselves uh, meeting at the, at the offices of the Biennale to talk about what we could do um, for, for the, the 2018 edition of, of the Biennale. Um, and, and that's where I suppose T. offered the... The, the underlying technology that powers belongings to to us. Um, and handy. That was very handy. Um, <laughs> I, I, I mean, I, I'm I'm not sure whether the audience sort of knows about what Google's Creative Lab do, but they they they're sort of charged with coming up with with experiments, um, uh, technical sort of digital experiments that um, not too dissimilar to what what my lab does, which is to mm. to really try and provoke audiences, um, surprise audiences to um, you know, to, to convey story um, and performance in new ways. Um, and so so they had recently sort of come off the back of touring um, this this technology they call X-Wi-Fi, um, which is simply the, the sort of um, the ability to allow your phone to control images that are in front of you, either projected or displayed on a screen in front of you. Um, and so they had... Um, rolled that experiment out um, at the British Museum, actually. I think it was um, around about sort of June or July of last year. Um, mm. And so that, that was, that was the, its first outing of that technology. And, and uh, I suppose T, in her, in her wisdom, thought it would be a, a really good way to extend that, that technology by handing it over to us um, and seeing what we could do with it um, within the context of this wonderful art exhibition. Yeah, so that leads me in really nicely to the next question about where the idea for belongings came from. Um, so it sort of it started with with talking to the the head of the the Biennale and and sort of trying interrogating what their themes were, what what the artists they had selected were bringing to uh, to Sydney. Um, I see. So the work came after the work the artist had been selected. That's right. That's right. Ah, um, interesting. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, um, so they sort of gave us a short list of of artists that were coming out and a description of their artworks and um, and and so we we mulled it over. You know, we we we, we there was you know uh, a bunch of different sort of takes. Um, um, on the, ge- the the general theme of the Biennale, which um, I'm going to get this wrong because it, it was a bit tricky. I'm, I'm it's probably a, a good time to say that that by no stretch of the imagination do I consider myself an artist as such. Um, and and so I was diving into this world that I knew very little about. Um, mm. um, and and so I was sort of very open to to taking on board you know kind of what was what was being offered um offered to us but really my 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 skill set and and what we do at SBS is is more along the lines of telling story telling story mm. in in, yeah. in new ways and and all that type of thing so 
Um, so I'll be honest with you. Initially, you know, we sort of, I, I was sort of floating through these meetings, um, hoping that I wouldn't get, I wouldn't get caught out. But um, <laughs> you were winging it. <laughs> I was winging it indeed. <laughs> but, we all um, wing it. That's but fine. I mean, you sort of got to some, sometimes, and I mean. So, so we, we were given a bunch of, um, of artists and, and their artworks um, and they were all speaking to a, um, a, a theme for Biennale, which was superposition, which was, I, I, I'm not going to try and describe it, but the, there, was a, there was a sort of broad ethos um, that, that the, the, the Biennale was, um, was, was sort of operating within. Um, and, and anyway, so one of the artists... Um, who stood out was Ai Weiwei. Um, yeah. Obviously, he often uh, does. Uh, he often does. <laughs> I, I think that's his, his MO, right? Um, yeah. We, we, as we, he should do. That's what as he As he should do. And yeah, yeah. You know, so which we, work was selected for the Sydney Biennial? Uh, the the Sydney Biennale. Um, so the piece that was selected was uh, a piece called um, Laura of the Journey. Um, Laura of the Journey... I mean, we had not seen it. Obviously, he'd only he'd only ever exhibited this this art this artwork once before. I think it was in Poland, um, but it's a giant black inflatable life raft containing more than I'm not sure, maybe two hundred and fifty figures. Um, um, the thing was like seventy meters long. Um, so I suppose it's you know its size and its construction, you know, suggesting. The, suggested the sort of overwhelming scale of um, of the res- the refugee crises that were happening uh, predominantly, I think, in in you know between North Africa and Europe, I suppose, um, and and so his his and he he sort of accompanied accompanied his artwork with a, a documentary, um, which I think he called the Human Flow. Um, so it was him. It was I went away going and sort of exploring. Um, you know what it was like to be a refugee, um, sort of from their vantage point, and um, um, and and so that that was also going to be sort of de- debuting um, in Sydney um, around the, the sort of release of uh, sorry ar- around the Biennale. So he was sort of coming to Sydney with this um, this this big sort of statement about about refugees, um, mm. a- about the, the manner in which their identities are lost, and and a lot of the histories are sort of erased, um, mm. and and so so we. That, that sort of stuck with us. That was the that was the sort of the piece that we said. There's a lot. There's a lot that we can bring to this topic. Um, a lot of uh, there's an interesting perhaps way that we could examine um, the big question that he's asking through his artwork. Um, and and I suppose that was the genesis of coming up with the concept that ended up becoming belongings. Great. So um, it's really interesting that you the sort of combination of um platform and um subject came the uh, in a sort of different way to how other people possibly produce work so a concept comes and then there's an element of testing in terms of what kind of technologies or platforms or what kind of material or medium you want to use and you've almost gone full circle and it's flipped on its head that's really interesting but i i think um I'm quite intrigued to see if you thought, actually, goodness, this um, this use of the mobile phone isn't right for this. Was there any moment where you thought, <laughs> actually, let's try another platform? Is there any other mm. kind of medium that we could try to explore? Mm. Um, that's a really good question. I mean, no, I mean, I'll be honest with you. It, it, never, it never quite sort of 
dawned on us to 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 think oh, is this is this the right way to to use the technology that was offered to us i mean mind you we we'd never we'd never experienced this this um mechanic i suppose that that google had played with in the past um we only knew of it through some, some videos that they'd shot um we knew that it was sort of done in a museum context so we knew that it worked in terms of the the type of kind of um captive audiences that you get that the the you know the people that walk into a space um that they they have an experience and they they move along um but we got a little bit i'm not sure how it sort of sort of came to us that we we just thought the phone in fact was almost crucial to this experience because because we very early on we decided that we wanted this piece this study of this examination of what it was like to be a refugee um you know um to be told through an item that we all have i mean mm. there's very few people in that you know of that don't have mm. a phone and carry it with them every single minute of the day um mm. so in some respects that became kind of key to our to 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 develop in the concept for us um yeah. i mean it, yeah it, but for me it worked really really successfully in terms of it being a really intimate experience um and there are six people that are sat on stools that you select to uh, reveal their stories. Um, were there other people that were you were interviewing, or how did you select the people? So, um, so once we once we landed on on this this sort of the, the broad concept of of finding um, finding Australians that had had an experience with displacement in some way. Um, shape or form, um, we we partnered up. We found a um, uh, a, a sort of community worker, um, a, a, a woman by the name of Paula Abud, who um, her role is to is to is to sort of work with refugee communities, with new, um, uh, new you know people that have recently come over to Australia, um, and you know it, it, through various different sort of workshops. Um, help them, I suppose, like, you know, integrate and, and, and find their feet. Um, and so it was, that was a sort of important step for us was to, to reach out to her and sort of take her advice on how best to engage and how best to find um, people who, who wanted to tell their story. Um, the, the idea of, of, you know, finding people that are untrained in, in sort of media um, mm. who are comfortable um, to tell us their story and to share with us um, as, as, as what could have been a, a very tragic story um, um, was was something that we we had to deal with really really carefully. So we thought the best the best thing to do was to 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 find someone that works with with those communities on the on the regular basis. Um, and so she ran um, two workshops um, uh, where you know she invited a bunch of a bunch of people that wanted to potentially be part of it to to come along um, and just sort of discuss really openly what the, the premise of the project was, um, discuss really openly, you know, um, what, what it's like to, to share a story and what that means. Um, um, and, and we sort of on the sort of second part of that process, um, got a lot more involved in, in sort of selecting who, who would be the sort of final choice. Um, and it was, it was, a, it was a sort of interesting process for us because we had, I'm not sure I'm going to say there was probably about 20 people, um, who had kind of put their hand up, um, who had, who had thought about a particular p- 
possession of theirs that they were, you know, wanted, were comfortable to speak about. Um, and we had to, yeah, we had to kind of cull that down to, to eight. We actually, we actually, we knew that we wanted to shoot six, um, and have six on the, on the project itself, but we thought that we would, um, actually choose eight just, just in case, you know, there was, there was some that just didn't, you know, couldn't quite, um, you know, deliver the, their story in the way that they, that they wanted to. Um, and so, and so we had to sort of make some, some difficult decisions, um, because really we could have, we could have shot all 20 of them, let's say. Um, but, but we, we sort of, we made the choice. We, we, we tried to include, you know, sort of equal number of, um, of, of males and females. Um, we, we tried to cover, I suppose, um, uh, people from backgrounds um, and, and from, from parts of the country who'd migrated to Australia across a, a sort of fairly long period of time. Um, so, um, and, and from obviously from various backgrounds. So, so we, we, we sort of did have to, I'm not sure what's the word, editorialize, um, the, the selection. Um, and, um, but, but like I said, it was, it was just, it was one of those things that we, you know, if, if we'd had, um, if we had more time, I, I would have loved to have, you know, kind of recorded all 20. Um, and yeah. you, you might've even seen like a, a kind of a rotating, um, carousel type, you know, presentation instead, right. of the, instead of the six. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Um, and the shots are all done in one take. Is that right? That's right. For each yeah. individual. Yeah. So, um, that must've been quite a challenge for some, uh, some of the, uh, participants mm. revealing their stories. It must've been quite a challenge to do. I mean, it was, I mean, some were, some were obviously a bit more, um, I mean, some of them just nailed it on, you know, in the first go. Um, yeah. Um, whereas, whereas a couple of the others, yeah, it really did. It really did take, take them a little bit of time. Um, but, but this is, I mean, I suppose that, you know, the credit here goes to our director, Patrick, um, who, I mean, he's, he's, he's a documentary filmmaker and a, and a journalist. Um, he, um, he's really skilled at, 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 you know, kind of drawing stories out from folks, um, under, you know, really difficult stories from, from mm. people. And that, so that's his, that's a sort of a skill set that I knew he had and that I knew was going to be part, uh, a sort of really important part of this, of this process. Um, and look, you know, the, the, the each contributor, um, was in the studio for about an hour. Um, and, and the, the sort of process or the method that Pat utilized was one where, you know, in the, a day or two before they came into the studios, he, he sort of sat down with them and, and just sort of got them to naturally go through what their story was going to be and, and not script it at all, but just kind of get their mind kind of mentally prepared for the different beats of their story. Um, yeah. and, and just try and be as natural as possible, um, in delivering it. Um, of course, when they came into the studio, everyone froze up, um, <laughs> because it's, it's daunting. I mean, a studio, yeah, you know, they even, Eve right. We, you know, you just, you see, you see cameras and, and the air conditioning's on really high and, and, um, uh, anyway, so, so that was, you know, that, that was, um, a, 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 quite a challenge for, for the contributors initially. Um, but because, because, you know, initially Paula had spent some time with them over those workshops, Pat had followed up with them. Um, and, and sort of, it was more than just a sort of, you know, hi, I'm the director. I'm going to be, t- you know, recording your story in a couple of days. He, he really kind of befriended them. Um, 
you know, um, went to their house and spent time with them, you know, in their comfortable space. Um, so although they kind of freaked out when they came into the studio, um, it didn't take long for Pat to sort of, you know, kind of center them and, and ground them and, and just kind of bring them back to them just having this kind of one-on-one conversation with him. Um, mm-hmm. and, and so as a, like, I'll be honest with you, I, I was fascinated by that process and watching it happen. Um, because I, I honest, I genuinely thought that this wasn't going to work out that, um, that we had sort of created too, too sterile of an, an environment for, for these stories to, to come out. Um, mm. but, but no, I think, I think that's, and, and I think part of that comes through in the piece because, you know, they're looking down the bat, the, the barrel of the, the, the camera, um, and in a way they're looking at all of us and, you know, the, the role of the director in that, in that respect has to be everyone as well. It has to be, you know, carrying the responsibility of, um, of their story and, and, and getting them to sort of tell it without, you know, um, at, you know, as authentically and as genuinely as possible. Um, and, and like he, he says, he, you know, it's, they directed this <laughs> in a way, you yeah. know, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. um, yeah. so well, it's hugely successful. Um, what reactions have the audiences had to the work? Because the belongings has been to many different places. I'm quite interested to know which audiences from different countries and how they've how they've responded to belongings. Um, I mean, we, we've we've had uh, you know a kind of. I mean, look, it's it's the the places it's it's exhibited at have been um, have been places where I suppose audiences would expect to have. Um, some sort of experience. Um, I, I, I think it's, I think that the, the sort of overwhelming bit of feedback that we get is that this was a surprising experience, that this was something mm. that was unexpected. Um, and I think that, that, um, that, that, that is kind of, um, that's kind of the, the best, the best feedback that you could, that you could, that you could get as, um, if, if you're in my position, I mean, like sure. I say, I, yeah. you know, the, the role of what we do or, or the sort of the, the focus of what we do is to really try and be as um, invisible as possible in trying to convey authentic stories to audiences. And so, so I think people were just genuinely surprised when they came, um, they came to this big screen and just saw people that it was standing at the same height as, as them. So that that one-to-one mm. scale was really important. Um and we didn't offer, and we don't offer much by way of, of explaining what you need to do. Um, a lot of... It's quite intuitive, though, well, uh, it, I think. I, I think so, too. I mean, like, there's yeah. obviously a degree of <laughs> um, of intuition that's needed, and, and not everyone... I mean, look, my, my parents struggle to, to figure out what to do. Um, right. But, you know, so, so not, not <laughs> every... Mine would too. <laughs> yeah. uh, obviously, young, young kids as well, but, but, but by and large, I think you know, just to be given that, that one, um, rather simple, um, you know, invitation to, to join a Wi-Fi hotspot, um, is, is really all that is all that's needed in order to to kind of get into it. Um, and I think from that moment that, that uh, from that moment that people hit the Wi-Fi and they get that screen, um, to, to the, I think the next sort of critical moment is where they hear that, that, that person's voice come through their phone, um, and and I've done a lot of watching of people, and and, and Matt has as well, and um, and you just sort of, yeah, you just you just get this feeling that people are quite taken with the the technology, but not to the point where it's distracting, um, you know, not to the point where they're not uh, paying attention to what's been what's been told, because 
the, the, the behavior of putting your phone up to your ear is so natural to us. It's second nature. So then you're just, um, you know, you're finding that the audiences are just really kind of locked in to that story. Yeah. Um, you're hooked. Yeah, you're kind of hooked, right? <laughs> it's interesting you're saying that the belongings has been presented to, say, an audience that is open to um, to a new experience. Have you thought about um, presenting belongings in a in a different space? So, mm. I don't know, maybe on the tube, yes. like in London, or yeah, or, yeah, or like know, a bus shelter. Yeah, sure. Have um, I, I have. I mean, we have absolutely. Um, I, I think that's that's the sort of maybe one of the next um, challenges for us is is um, is to take this out to places where people genuinely just would not expect to have a kind of interaction like this, um, because, well, I mean, you know, it's funny the the the, the, the a lot of the people that have have seen belongings. Um, I, I'm gonna. I'm going to sort of argue that they probably ag- ag- agree, you know, and, and to some extent with the, uh, I'm, I'm stepping into this, this territory that I, I think you'll probably, you might want to ask me about later on, but the, the sort of politics of this issue, um, you can't avoid it. Um, we, you know, we, we didn't want to make, this isn't a political statement for us, but we, we completely appreciate that, um, that as soon as you are shining a light on, um, uh, the stories of refugees that that the you know the that that comes loaded with a, bu- a bunch of sort of political um, questions and, and, and issues, um, but but I think that the that this piece can be a lot more effective in maybe creating or challenging perceptions if it were to be experienced by people who maybe have a differing view um, ab- ab- about what it is to be a refugee who might who might kind of believe in the us versus them kind of mentality that that refugees are not people like us um and so yeah definitely i i mean i think that's that's one of the the next steps for us is to to see how we can achieve that yeah well if anybody's out there listening and wants to support that they know it's a come. yeah give us a call uh, <laughs> um yeah it'd be really interesting to see it as a work in um in a place of transport like a train mm. station or an mm-hmm. airport of course that seems like the most obvious place but yeah watch yeah i mean we, we are definitely um we're working on that um absolutely um because um, I, th- I think that's where you know that there's there, there are captive audiences in lots of places um but i think where you know where you would find a good mix of people like you know your public transport is um um, or your city sort of squares or your, your sort of your, your main streets or whatever. I mean, I think, I think that would be, um, that would be a really, a really, a really great use of this kind of, you know, presentation. Cool. Exciting. Mm. Um, so you're right. I do want to explore politics a little bit more with you. Um, the four works that we've selected for our program at Lighthouse focus on identity and borders and divisions. Um, and I think the, population of the UK are becoming increasingly aware of how divisions in countries have such a massive effect on the world, mainly through immigration. Um, but I think things like Brexit have really um, asked quite significant questions. And that's something that I want to address at Lighthouse with our programme, because it's important that we approach these issues through the elegance of artists' voices. I know you're you would challenge that, but I, I'm <laughs> going to stand. I'm going to stand by it. I, I, um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, I wanted to ask you if you felt that 
a work such as Belongings, do you think it has the potential to do more than um, um, be a protagonist? Do you think that um, it has a bigger power to challenge these mm. political issues? Um, I, uh, yes, I do. I mean, personally speaking, I definitely believe believe in that. I mean, I, I, I kind of... It's sort of what it's sort of what drives us to to a large extent. I mean, um, you know, we work for a, a public broadcaster, um, so so we we consider ourselves to be a service to to the public. Um, I think that it is our role to to challenge um, perceptions and and to challenge some of the st- sort of stereotypes that 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 you know un- unfortunately um, s- sort of permeate. The, the 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 landscapes that we sort of all exist in um and and i definitely think that you know you know by combining that you know story and technology and art you know you're in a privileged position there to be able to to cut through um i, th- I think it's a it's it really is a privilege to be able to have those tools to to create experiences and moments that that do genuinely challenge people's perceptions um and because you know, I think very you know it's 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 true. Very specific narratives do form in the communities about things um, or, or communities uh, like refugees and asylum seekers, and it's it's um I think it's it's really important for for unique and authentic voices to come to the fore um, in order to shift that debate um, and 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 like we said, you know, challenge those stereotypical ideas. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I, I do sometimes I do wear my my public broadcaster hat um, uh, a fair bit and, and say, well, it's it's actually my job to do that. Um, it's it's not a, a, a sort of a choice as to as whether we should or we shouldn't. But um, but it, it, but it's funny because I'm now reflecting on um, on some of the decisions that we made along the way and some of the conversations I suppose that we had, the creative conversations and and the the sort of um, the legal conversations between the partners, between the Biennale, um, Google and, and us, um, where we had to really consider what statement we're making here. Um, Mm. because, well, you know, um, you know, it's, it's, I think it's, it's important to, um, to challenge, but, but to, I think it's, it's, there's a line where you, you probably, we, we had to steer clear of, of making a, a, a really strong point, um, mm. one, one way or the other, um, sure. you know what I mean? So I think, I think it was yeah. really, it was, it was we have the like, BBC, John Paul, right. it's, you know, <laughs> same, same, same deal, right? You have to, Very you have even to remain impartial voice. and, yes. um, and, and objective and all that kind of thing. So, but, but, you know, like we said, like this, this artwork was, um, sorry, this installation was, um, was located not, five meters from Ai Weiwei's Lore of the Journey. Um, and so there's just no way it couldn't have been perceived as being a political, um, or it could be perceived as being a, a sort of, you know, a, a piece that's got some politics around it. Um, but, but I think, I don't know. I mean, I'm, and I'm, 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 I'd be curious to see and to hear from, um, from your audience who, 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 who hopefully will go and see it as to, whether the politics is is strong through it, or whether it's it's mm. sort of left up to them to um, them as the viewer, them as the audience to to make their own mind up once they've ex- once they've had that connection, once they've had that interface with someone that maybe they would not normally have had a, a connection with. Um, mm-hmm. 
is that where the politics is? Is is what happens mm. next? The kind of I don't know um, the statement that's being made. So yeah, I don't know. I'm 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 very open to different ideas about this. I suppose. Yeah, great. I'm intrigued to know what our audience's response is too, and we'll we'll let you know. I think that's. Do you know what? I think that's a good place to stop. Um, come and see the show. It's going to be amazing. And um, John Paul, thank you so much for joining us. It's been fantastic to speak with you. Um, thank and you so much. Good I really luck with your next adventures. Oh, definitely. We'll um, well, we'll hopefully um, let you know what they are, and um, if they ever make their way back to your shores, then it'd be great to um, to drop in and, and meet you guys as well. Yeah, great. Thanks so much. No problems. Wonderful. Nice to meet you. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening. If you want to find out more about alternate realities, visit lighthouse.org.uk or chefdocfest.com. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe and rate us on iTunes. It helps other people to find us. And many thanks to our supporters. This series of Light Plus is supported by Brilliant Noise. Visit brilliantnoise.com for more information. And Lighthouse is funded by Arts Council.